Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. It is Wednesday, December 3rd. It is a cold and rainy day in Pasadena, California, where I am, Leanne Dolan. And that is a fantastic, fantastic thing. Yes, some rain and some temperatures under 100 degrees. I am so happy. I am joined uh, by my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas. Julie, how are you today? Well, Leanne, you know, I know you've come to Texas and you think that many Texans have lost their minds. Well, in fact, we have lost our, their, our minds. In a hundred brains are missing this morning from UT Austin. Someone took them out of the psych lab. They were in the basement. A hundred brains in formaldehyde have gone missing. Oh, that so is, we're looking. That's awesome. That we're looking for our brains, Leon. We've lost our minds here. <laughs> Okay. Woo, we have a full show for you. Uh, Julie, we'll just be honest, is operating under the weather. She has a little bit of a cold, which she swore to me when I was visiting her 48 hours ago was, quote, just allergies. Just allergies, right, Leanne? <laughs> I said, I'm not contagious. Don't worry. Let me give you a big hug and kiss. Just allergies. They blamed it on the cedar, people. Now I know the two of them. Julie and her husband were just lying. Um, all right, but we are, we're going to cover a lot of, we're going to cover the world, like we like to say, tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time. Uh, we're going to talk about North Korea today. It's just yes. sort of a shocking hacking, possible hacking story coming out of there. Breaking Martha Stewart news. You know, we're your first in Martha Stewart coverage here, Satellite Sisters. There's actually a fantastic article on busyness, the busy vortex, it's called in Self Magazine, Julie. And there were some interesting, statistics about how stress affects women, but in particular, I thought an interesting generational note. So I'm going to tell you about that. We have a movie pick. We have some tricks that movie theaters are now doing to lure people into the theaters. Ooh. And uh, well, that's a full show right there. That's a totally full show. But um, Julie and I actually had a little holiday visit this week on Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. Yes, the busiest travel day of the year. My husband was going to Dallas for a week-long business trip. He had a 6 a.m. flight. He said, why don't you come with me? You can, we can go to Dallas. I can show you our offices there. We can, you can see the hotel I stay at one week a year, one week a month now. And then you can visit your sister, Julie. And we had a fantastic time, didn't we, Jewel? Yes, and I, I just want everyone to know, Leon is one of the greatest guests you can ever ever <laughs> hope to have come to visit you. Because, first of all, she always comes, she's got a great spirit, great enthusiasm, good stories, and she comes loaded with gifts. You had gifts for us, you had gifts for the grandchildren. I, I, Leon, you're just a great guest. Thank you. You know what? I just felt like I happened to work at Romans on Saturday, the beautiful bookstore we have here. Yes. It was Shop Small Saturday, Indies First, at indie bookstores. So I spent two hours working the floor at Romans. So I had plenty of time to do a little Christmas shopping. And I was only traveling for literally one night. So I had plenty of room in my roller bag to bring uh, your grandchildren and your daughter-in-law and your son some 
some gifts. And that's my rule. If I see you at Christmas, you get presents. If I don't see you, you you're not you're not getting anything. Mailing, I'm not so good at. Shoving things into my carry-on? Absolutely. Yeah, that I can do. So that was fun. We took in some art museums. We had mm-hmm. some good meals. Uh, we went to the Arboretum. Sonia from Houston, I know you love that Arboretum there in Dallas. Go to the 12 Days of Christmas Spectacular at the Arboretum, a beautiful sort of outdoor exhibit, really unusual of the 12 Days of Christmas. We saw real Christmas decorations, Julie. Unbelievable. Yes, Yes, we did, Leanne. I mean, and it was cold and Christmas-like here, too. You we, One day, it was hot, blistering hot. So hot when I got off yeah. the plane. I was like, what is this? It, yeah, was, it was supposed like, to be 35. It's 70. It was, it was sweating. It was like 70, 75 degrees. Yeah. It was, and then the next day, it was nice and cold yeah. in the 30s. Perfect. Uh, so we did. We had some nice holiday cheer, Leanne. Yeah. And you were there. You scored some lovely, I encouraged you, uh, and I'm so glad you got them, the 12 Days of Christmas plates. These lovely little, uh, they're dessert plates or or appetizer plates. And um, 12 plates, one for each day with, you know, with the whole range there from the partridge in the pear tree to the 12, or what is it, 10 Lords of Leaping. Right. You, have, you have it all. So, I have, that, Julie, they are beautiful plates. And those are, that's the kind of thing you only buy when your sister is there to say, yeah, buy the plates. Yes. You'll have them forever. Okay. Yes. So, um, so, and I, again, plenty of room in my carry-on. I got them home, for goodness sakes. And, uh, and Julie, they're more beautiful than I had remembered. So I took them oh. out. I have them having a party here Thursday night little birthday party for a friend of mine. We will have the 12 days of Christmas plates out. And then we went to Neiman Marcus, the flagship store in downtown Dallas, and had like a ladies' luncheon holiday buffet. I mean, it's, that, that is really, I, it was a great thing. I know several um, several of the big stores, like North, Nordstrom's here in Dallas, their little restaurant in the Nordstrom uh, store is a wonderful place to go to lunch. But I have never eaten at Neiman Marcus. We didn't do any shopping at Neiman no. Marcus. No, we didn't touch a single thing in there, Leanne. No. Nope. Well, we, we I, I, I contemplated some perfume, but I couldn't find the, the scent I was looking for. But, no, it, um, it smelled like uh, it smelled like bug spray. That, okay. that, <laughs> that was really bad. Leanne. I'll tell Tom it's, Ford that when I okay. see him. <laughs> okay, please do. But we, but the, we went up to the Zodiac Room, which is the restaurant at the Neiman Marcus, their flagship store downtown, um, and we had a lovely holiday lunch together. <laughs> yeah, we did not expect to get a full holiday buffet. We thought we'd have a light lunch, but it was like Neiman Marcus holiday favorites buffet, and, and of course, that's what you want the Monday after Thanksgiving, a big holiday buffet lunch, but we went for it, and it was delicious, absolutely mm-hmm. delicious and delightful, and uh then and most we, importantly, memorable, Leanne. Yes. I, mean, I think we created some new Christmas <laughs> memories together. If it, I, if I was, could be, be that hokey. It was that, really fun. And then yes. uh, then we went garden, a little more holiday shopping. And what you have to know about Julie is she's the fastest walker in America. So if this all sounds like it took days to accomplish, no, it took like four hours tops. <laughs> That's mean, right. We were That's like running through the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> Well, it was it was cold and windy, Leon. I didn't I didn't see any reason to stop and dawdle. I mean, you could take in those seven swans of swimming pretty quickly and then moved on. I mean, yeah. When we went to the Dallas Art Museum on Sunday, my husband was with us, and afterwards he's like, "Does Julie always move that fast?" I was like, "Yes." Yeah, I was sort of powering through some like some major works of art, wasn't I, Leon? Yeah. 
Well, you said you wanted to just to get a brief overview. So <laughs> uh, I went with the word brief. So I set a pretty, pretty ambitious pace, right? <laughs> it was just funny, but it was, it was really fun. And then, and then because Julie's husband is a professional traveler, basically, he had a whole flight tracking situation going on. And it was clear my six o'clock plane out of Dallas was going nowhere. So I got to the airport early and got on a standby flight and it was fantastic. Really fun. So, and everything, things were okay here. For 36 hours, the boys managed to clean up the kitchen and that's all I really cared about. I said, I, I don't know, want, really want to know what happens while I'm gone. Just make sure the kitchen is clean when I walk in and it was the dishwasher okay. was running so it was all fantastic so that was fun that was a good holiday visit because i really don't know when i'll see you next so that was really nice know. i'm glad we i did know that. and you don't have the allergies cold that i have you know you haven't gotten it yet have not you? yet so that's okay. pretty good because okay. yeah i i think we're good we didn't yeah i didn't do a lot of touching and i did a lot of hand washing i mean nothing personal i wasn't suspicious of you at the time but <laughs> All right. Yeah, there you go. It's very enjoyable. It is. It's a really good book. I just, I enjoyed it and I can't wait for the second book in the trilogy to come out. Uh, it's coming out in March. It's that kind of book. You're like, Ooh, I want to, want to see what happens to the sisters after this. Okay. Well, Leanne, I have some breaking Martha Stewart news today. Okay. Really? This is, this is just came out on the wires this morning. This is hot, fresh news. Martha Stewart is opening up a cafe in New York City. Really? Yes. It's going to be the Martha Stewart Cafe. I think that's the name that she's going to go with. I mean. That actually doesn't sound like a good name. Can I just say that? But okay. Martha, well, you want to call. Well, all right. You okay. Write, write a note to Martha. Okay. Tell, tell her your suggestions. Lady. Okay. I mean, what would you call it if you didn't call it Martha's? Martha oh, well, they, she might. I mean, okay. there's still a lot of details. <laughs> okay. Kind of thing, but it's going to be, it's in the, it's the Chelsea neighborhood in New York. That's mm -hmm. where the Martha Stewart living um, enterprise built uh, enterprises. And oh, so right. I think this is downstairs in her, in her office building. She's going to start a cafe. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that is very, very exciting. Excuse me for coughing a little. Um, and it sounds like they're, they're hiring right now. They have some barista positions opening. There's no opening date information yet. There's no menu out. But, you know, Martha can cook. She Her food is delicious. She don't started as a caterer. She did start as a caterer. So, yes, she was. But she never, I don't, she's never had a restaurant, but she had a catering business. That's right. how she started. And you know what? She is, yeah. Did you happen to catch her Thanksgiving morning no. on she was, I never watched the Today Show, but she was on the Today Show, I think, with Giada. They were both giving Thanksgiving tips. And Are they friends? No, I don't think so. Not after watching this segment. Giada is so positive and happy. And, oh, Martha, how do you do your gravy? I do this. And she's like, well, you don't need to do that, Giada. Whoa. Her it was fantastic. Okay. So what, what else about the Martha well, Stewart Well, I mean, Cafe? you know it will be a lovely environment. Yes. Martha, Martha has great taste. I mean, she, you know, so she has our whole, so I can see that it would be a very nice environment. The food would be good, but come on, let's face it. I would be, I would like, I definitely want to check it out, but I'd be terrified to actually go in there and eat something. <laughs> I mean, what if Martha came in? I would be terrified to actually see her. I don't think Martha's going to be coming in. I don't, I don't think you have to. You don't to. think so? No. 
<laughs> well, I think this is, you know, they're seeing this as a positive venture for her because her magazine lost $1.8 million last year. I mean, it's the magazine business. It's a very tough time as more and more, you know, magazines uh, go out of business and more and more um, uh, magazines just go to an internet format. Right. Uh, so, so that's a problem. But, um, but I think the re- I think it would be a really fun place to go. But I, I just would be terrified to be in there. So, but you know, somebody one uh, there was one column uh, that was written, and they thought that perhaps Martha Stewart was opening this um, this restaurant um, in competition to Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, pop up stores. Now, Liam, oh. on, your, on your visit to Dallas, I mentioned that Gwyneth Paltrow has opened up a pop-up store in Dallas, but that I had no interest in going there and I wasn't going to take you there. (laughs) Julie, I didn't know you had this much anxiety over entering other people's stores because there was another home design store. You said, oh, I've never been in there. I'm too intimidated to go in there. It's like they're selling coasters. Leon, it's Dallas. It's it's Dallas. You just, you gotta, you gotta take your A game into retail. You can't just go in like uh, unprepared, okay? I'm not really interested in Gwyneth Paltrow. I, okay. I, I don't relate to her, yeah. and so I don't relate to the things she does. So it would not be of interest to me. But there is speculation that Martha like decided to go with this cafe to really take it up a notch with Gwyneth because it, you know, they have sort of a feud going. I mean, yeah. let's go back to the Thanksgiving issue of Martha Stewart Living, <laughs> where she had a six-page spread. Uh, titled Conscious Coupling, right. which was a direct jab at Gwyneth Paltrow's announcement that she was getting divorced, Conscious Uncoupling. So, and then, of course, um, Gwyneth Paltrow on her website, Goop, for Thanksgiving, had a recipe for jailbird cake as a Thanksgiving dessert. <laughs> did you know that? No, I don't think I did. Yes, jailbird cake. <laughs> well, cool. I like it. I, I think male business scions have had grudge matches for years, you know, trying to outdo each other. So I, I love I love this fight. Okay. <laughs> I love okay. it. So, so what do you think? Are you going to go to Martha Stewart's Cafe? Yeah, I would go. It sounds York? like if they're hiring baristas, it sounds like it's going to be like coffee and baked goods and Martha's chicken salad. Sure. Sounds excellent. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, uh, I I don't get intimidated by, uh, I I just, you know, I just, I'm not into, well, I would, I would eat there, but I just feel like I've, I haven't been the kindest to Martha over the years. Yes. You should worry. Yes. If you're worried about that. Yes, you should. That that would be my worry. Yes. I have been very supportive, on the other hand, of yeah. all, all Martha's I think endeavors. I just have been honest and factual about Martha and what she should do about telling the truth to federal po- prosecutors. <laughs> well, she, paid, she paid her price. She paid the yes, price to society. Yes, she did. She yes, paid she her did. debt. Even though she never said she was sorry. Okay. Well. I don't uh, think she was. Okay. Leanne, other big news yeah. that, uh, that I wanted to talk about was um, – you know, James Franco and Seth Rogen have a new movie coming out called The Interview. And the premise of this movie is that they're, um, they're National Enquirer reporters and somehow they're able to score the big interview with Kim Jong-un, the current leader of uh, North Korea. And so uh, once they have, you know, this has been known that they're going to do this interview the, the plot line of this movie, upcoming movie, is that the CIA recruit James Franco and Seth Rogen to assassinate Kim Jong-un. 
Okay, so this is supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be funny. Um, I have for many days been planning to do a rant on the uh, podcast about why this is so not funny and why these two very intelligent actors are just making such a big mistake because, it, you know, I've been to North Korea, Leon, as you know, yes. and it is a human rights disaster there. And to somehow make light um, of, you know, a really cruel dictator um, just strikes me as stupid and dumb and very destructive. Okay. So that St- stupid and dumb. Those are good. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not gonna find words like that in a new york times op-ed no people. no, no. You're, you're stupid you're and dumb yeah stupid <laughs> and dumb. it is it's not funny okay yeah. it's just not funny okay when i That's... heard the premise like six months ago i thought it was unusual that they would use an actual living person that seemed it seemed like that was i, I just like hmm I, I didn't that seems like a bad idea creatively never mind sort of with any stupid and dumb political fallout so, and you have to remember, at the time that they were developing and shooting this movie, we had we had Americans that were being held in prison in North Korea. Okay, mm-hmm. so so I mean, so that that you know, and to jeopardize their safety or their possibility of being released by an antagonizing a government that. This government in North Korea, all it does is it is a propaganda machine. That's the way that it is able to control the, you know, its people and the message to the people. So that we're out there making a movie that's mocker, making a mockery of their dictator, you know, that has got to antagonize them. So that's that's the dumb part of it, Leah. Okay, I think I've talked <laughs> okay. about the stupid part. That is the dumb part. Okay. okay. But this is a movie that is being released shortly um, mm-hmm. by Sony Pictures. And uh, guess what the big news story is this week? Lee and I, you're out there in Hollywood land. You know that Sony Pictures has been hacked right. in a very aggressive way. Yes. That, that they have, you know, several of their upcoming movies that have not been released. They had they got access to those. They got access to all the personal email files. Um, they released information of all executives making over a million dollars at uh, at Sony Pictures, and they really disabled uh, their information systems there. Yes, so- I heard a long story about it yesterday. A local news reporter did a good job. I mean, they have. They have to start from scratch, Sony does, to build back their information system. Like they, they're going to try some temporary fixes, but they have completely destroyed uh, their their information system. And they said it's kind of a um, warning to other studios out there that they don't know if the hackers are necessarily North Korean, but they suspect that they are. And correct me if I, I think they don't know that the movie releases are related to the hacking, but they think it's all the same thing. But right. yeah, no, it is completely disabled Sony's, Sony's information system. So and the- cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars in uh, movie tickets because Annie was one of the films that was released in like a DVD quality downloadable pirated version. And it's already been downloaded over a million times. So it's a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a very serious deal. Okay, back to the stupid and dumb part of making and uh, producing and releasing and promoting 
this kind of movie, Leon. But so the FBI is involved. I mean, there's conflicting reports as to whether or not um, this, you know, really is from North Korea because many of the, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things, you know, that that I don't understand about the signature of this hacking and right. that that it was signed by um, a group called Guardians of Peace. Uh, this is very different than any other hack that the North Koreans have done in the past. They do have a unit, Unit 21 in North Korea, that that's that, you know, the FBI and CIA know that this is their sort of hacking hub. And uh, I and was we, wondering about that because you described like going into, quote, their like computer, their library, didn't you, or their computer yes. room? Yeah. And it was like a, it, it was like they... They had like a Ms. Pac-Man set up. You right, know, right? Right. I, I was surprised they would have such serious level computer geniuses there just because everything else in the country is so outdated. But they do have they well, do have I a mean, hacking group. Yeah, we didn't see that on our tour. Yeah. Can I say that? But uh, yes, I mean, they are developing nuclear weapons. There is obviously some, you know, uh, some talented group that is able to do that. They're very close to the Chinese. The Chinese are, you know, are extra good at hacking. So I, I can, I, I'm just speculating. I don't have okay. any information about that. But, but yes, it was reported that they have a Unit 21 that specializes in computer hacking. And I don't, I, I've mentioned on Satellite Sisters, you know, after my trip to to North Korea, when I talked about it on the sh- our podcast, you know, our blog was hacked into. I mean, I got some weird messages when i was um when i was put posting a blog um you know that 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 only you know was in the administration of our blog so um so it is so even despite despite our very tight security yes we have very tight security the unit 22 right leon (laughs) whatever we have going on i got mia and i got my 18 year old son unit 22 uh no it's true we were hacked that is i had forgotten about that yes yes so and so it's not certain whether or not uh north korea you know they haven't taken responsibility for this but either way it's good propaganda for north Korea, because they, you know, they do try to seek revenge against people who uh, who make, you know, try to disparage their leader. In fact, this morning it was announced that now it is against the law in North Korea to name your child Kim Jong-un. You cannot use that name. If you were thinking of uh, naming your baby after the dear leader, you can't do it. Okay. Really? I would think that would be the opposite of what that. They, they huh. do not want that, Liam. Okay, they want what they want. Uh, that's that's, and they only want one Kim Jong Un. That's he's the leader. So, uh, but it, it's a very serious situation. Uh, but now, know, isn't it our duty as Americans to go see this movie to support freedom of speech? Yeah. So, uh, so I that's mean, the, that's your dilemma, isn't it? So now, <laughs> no, I mean when it came, when it first when I first right. heard about the Sony hacking, I said, oh, I, I was you know channeling channeling our sister Sheila who has a very strong stunt meter. I thought, well, maybe this is some publicity stunt oh, is by that? Sony to just drum up even more interest in this movie by uh, claiming some false hacking thing. Hmm. Wow, that is a long way to go for movie PR. <laughs> wow, you've got a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think that's possible, Leanne? No, I just... Leanne, you just... Uh, 
Yeah, you just you cannot accept things at the surface level, okay? You cannot. Okay? Well, I haven't things, been in the spy game as long as you have. Things so. are not what they seem, Leah. Okay. They never are, okay? okay? Just please remember that, sister. But it's uh, it's a serious thing. And no, I am not going to see the movie. I, I it's I it just it really upsets me. They've made this movie because you know, I mean, they they could have made lots of other funny movies. And it's not funny there. That's it. Okay. Right. Not not an administration, uh, not a dictatorship known for their sense of humor. So Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll I'll keep us posted on that. No, I'll be interested to see where this goes. I had no idea that the hacking was so decimating. You know, you think hacking, you don't think, oh, it's completely ruined their information system. But whoever did it knows what they're doing because yeah. uh, it's a big deal for Sony. All right. Um, Julie, I mentioned an article earlier in um, Self Magazine that yes. I saw that really drew me in. It's called The Busy Vortex by Bridget Schultz. And, you know, busy is one of those trigger words for me. I have always rejected it sort of as a concept. And I try personally not to use it. And it makes me crazy when people say, oh, you're so busy. Because I, I feel like I'm just doing three or four things that normal, I'm raising kids, I'm working, doing a few other things. But I, I feel like I try hard not to be busy. And remember about 10 years ago in Satellite Sisters, we talked to the author of Crazy Busy, that book. And yes. that really changed my idea of like using the word busy and taking pride in our busyness and made me think, is that a good thing? So it, it's, a, it's a trigger word for me. And I was interested in this because there have been some new studies out about busyness and women in busyness and how we handle stress and how we self-identify. And so, uh, and one of the things that was interesting in the article was the generational difference. And I'll explain. But um, it starts with the story of a young woman who just felt like she, she, had, she was so overscheduled, she didn't even know what to do with free time. And uh, so she realized she took a step back and she said, you know, next year I'm going to make the choice not to be busy. I'm going to not use the word busy. When people ask me, you know, how are you? What's life like? I'm not going to say crazy busy. I'm just going to say I'm good or I'm happy or I'm working on something. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but she has, the reason is that women, of course, it's not surprising. Um, they are, they feel stress and busyness far more than men do. And, uh, they are less likely to believe that they are managing their lives well. They're more likely to overeat when they're trying to cope with stress and busyness. And uh, men and women respond differently, both biologically and emotionally, to stress. If you thought you were imagining it, it's not, you're not. Your metabolism actually shuts down when you're over, <laughs> overstressed. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that is so you're, unfair. You're overeating no. and your metabolism slows if you're a female. That is, that is shocking. It is. At least if you're like totally stressed out, you should be getting thinner. Right. We should have that. Oh, that's terrible news. And and here's a phrase that I thought was really um, interesting. Uh, The author states, women's time can become contaminated because we are so completely preoccupied with logistics and list making that we're living in our heads instead of in the moment. Wow. Say that again, Leanne, because okay. that's really, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Women's time can become contaminated. That's the phrase that social scientists use. We are so preoccupied with logistics and list making that we're living in our heads instead of living in the moment, yeah. everywhere and nowhere at once. 
And don't you do that? Because men aren't list makers. This is our. This is where we fall down. Women are ruminators. We're list makers. We're you know, logistics people. My husband will always say, "Why are you worrying about that now?" You know, we're well, not, we're not going to go to the airport. They worry about it. They just like go and get in the car. I know. But you haven't packed the car. I know. Packed the lunch. I know. And put the gas in the car and made sure you had the directions and the address to where you're going. I mean, yeah, yeah. But that that phrase contaminated. Like even if we're we just we can't enjoy the moment that we're in. We're already moving on yeah. to the next thing that we have to do, the next item we have to check off our list. So, but here's where it got interesting for me. I would think, I would have thought, uh, just looking at my life in the last couple of years, that I would be the in the age group that is the most stressed out because I was in the sandwich generation. You know, I had teenagers. My I had aging parents. I was working full time. And I and I got I think what five root canals I had to have because I was basically grinding my teeth to death. And you were vol- and you volunteered. Volunteered. I mean, yeah. I took a yeah. step back on that because again, I'm not crazy, but uh, I was volunteering at some point. So I would think that my age group, like mid 40s to early 50s, would be the most stressed out group. But it's not. It's women in their 20s and 30s. They found Julie, which I was really surprised at. Now, why why is that, Liam? Okay, why, well, here are a couple. There are a couple of pragmatic reasons. They hit the job job market as the economy tanked. Okay, right. they've experienced higher unemployment rates than older workers. They've had to job hop a lot. They've had to cobble together two or three jobs at the same time. They've taken on record student loan debt. And so in a recent survey, more than half of millennials said that they've been so stressed out, they've laid awake at night at least once in the previous month. One in five in this age group has been diagnosed with depression, a higher rate than older Americans. And uh, they, they worry constantly about having too much to do and not enough time. So women in their 20s are still, they are already worrying about how am I, even if they don't have a job, they're already worrying about how am I going to work and get married and have a baby. They're already worrying about that. And that is unexpected to me. I did not think 20-somethings and early 30s uh, would be that stressed out, even though all those things are true. You know, they're sort of painted as a generation of, oh, you know, they like to work in coffee shops. Apparently not. Apparently they don't. They Uh, like a little more job stability. Yeah. I mean, well, they're the first generation that really can work 24 hours a day. That's the other, yes. Go ahead. Is yeah. that right? Is yeah. that the technology is there? I mean, I see it with I see it with my you know my sons and my daughter in laws that they are working you know all kinds of crazy hours. Um, but that that's sort of the expectation at their workplace that this kind of work will get done. You know, they're you know involved in you know global businesses or you know people are you know, collaborative teams. And uh, everybody's just working all the time. Julie, you're exactly right. The article mentions that, too. So there are a couple of things that, first of all, uh, you, the baby boomers, ruined your kids because you had them (laughs) overscheduled. You overscheduled them. You always had them busy. You were one of the first generations that had working parents, you know, both of you working. So their their free time was essentially very structured after school, on the weekends. And so now when they get to their 20s, They've never really experienced free time. So they, instead of daydreaming and reading a book and exploring their neighborhood, their, you know, even a simple decision like, where are we going to go for dinner? They look it up on Yelp and they have to read a thousand reviews. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. It's like, they don't want to yes. go to the wrong place for dinner, you know? Yeah. 
So, and then so that's the tech- all my fault. It's that's your fault. All. Well, the overscheduling is Gen X's fault. The technology is absolutely true. Exactly what you said that now it is a 24 seven world. Every decision is made with the help of some device. Uh, they have no downtime at all. Even on vacation, they feel the work pressure because of the economics of their job. They feel the pressure to be available 24 seven. Yeah. So I feel terrible <laughs> for these young women. No, I do too. I, I do know. Too. So, I, I, you know, I see my daughter-in-law Vera trying very hard um, to not overschedule, uh, you know, her children mm-hmm. that, uh, that, you know, they're deliberately, you know, they only are doing one thing or they're, you know, so that they have more time to just play in the backyard or play in their room, you know, rather than, even though there are so many things that the kids could be doing, just, you know, that it, uh, you know, to keep, try to keep it simple. I wonder because this generation of millennials feels so much stress if they will, if, you know, if their kids will do less and they'll be lying around a lot more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm beginning to think that year I let Brooke sit on the couch and watch TV was an excellent um, parenting move. Yeah. <laughs> one, of best, Leanne, one of your best there. <laughs> no, but uh, one of the magazine sites that, you know, women of this generation, these 20 and 30 something women do need to learn to relax. They literally need to teach themselves how to have downtime to put the devices away. So, you know, Take time to pause, tame that to-do list, actually play, have more fun, you know, yes. more fun, less yelping, basically. So, I, No, I mean, if that's one thing that now as the oldest satellite sister, I will say that, you know, I can, you can really see the advantage of like not overscheduling and not being super busy all the time, trying to live much more in the moment. It's so much better, you know, all the way around. And I would like to... Give that advice to younger women not to be crazy busy because you're going to, you know, it's not good. It goes nowhere. It right? go, it gets you, it doesn't get you anywhere faster. Right. That's what right. I would say. You, I get asked this question a lot at, at events, like, how did you manage it all? Because, you know, when you reduce my resume to one page, it sounds <laughs> Sounds like I'm very Ooh, successful. I, I know. Wildly successful. No, sounds like who? You possibly? How can I be related to someone like that? So, so, um, and you know, I for a while I didn't really have a great answer to that question. So the other day, after I was asked for like the twentieth time, I sat down. And I thought, what would I say? And that was one thing we did. We we had a very simple life at home. That, um, you know, my husband works a lot of hours. I worked, uh, you know, some days, six days a week, not, not 12 hour days, but I, I had weird hours, early morning hours and things like this. We did nothing else. You know, our kids did one sport. That was right. our rule. Uh, they didn't do a lot of after-school activities. I'm regretting now that I didn't make them go to math tutoring and Kumon. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is catching up with them. In, in trigonometry and algebra too, but at the same time, they did actually have a lot of downtime. So it wasn't so much, it wasn't magic, but I think that was one good decision we made was not to, not to overschedule the kids and as a, in, not overschedule ourselves as a family. Exactly. And it's not always easy to do because you get a lot of pressure to sign them up for this or sign them up for that or, I know. you know, and they're good things. Yeah. It's not like, it's not, you know, these are, would be great opportunities and great experiences for your kids. Right. So. Yeah. So uh, if we can pass that along, but 20 somethings and 30 somethings, just try to unplug every once in a while, try to have a good time, go, 
<laughs> go, go play. Join a co-ed volleyball league like our mom always told us to do. <laughs> to meet men. What? Why did she say that? I don't oh, yeah. know. She seemed to think that all the men in the world were at the co-ed volleyball league. <laughs> I'll never... Okay. Okay. <laughs> She told you that, really? Yeah, she said she's trying to go in volleyball league. Okay. 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 (laughs) Leon, we need to move on uh, to the picks and pans of the week. Now, I don't have any pans this week. Uh, Maybe because of my allergies, whatever. (laughs) Allergies slash. But I have a, a good pick. But I have to tell you that this, I wasn't certain this was going to be a pick for 24 hours. It took me a whole day to think about this movie to decide whether or not I liked it or I felt like it it was worth it. But I thought a lot about this movie after I saw it. The movie is the theory of everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, this is, um, this is a, a biopic about Stephen Hawkins wife, Jane, and it's based on her book. Um, It's her biography. So it's her story. It's not the, you know, the story of the famous physicist, Stephen Hawkins. It's his, his first wife's story. And you probably have seen the trailers for it. It looks so romantic and beautiful. Have you seen those? Yes. On, and I, on I, TV? I, yes. And I like it, Eddie Redmayne. I love the actor who plays uh, Stephen Hawking. And yeah, no, it looks excellent. Yes, and and you know, and Felicity Jones is the other um, uh, the female lead in it, um, but it's it's her life um, with him. And Stephen Hawking, as you probably know, had uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and he was given just two years to live. And you know, he just he's still around. He's seventy two. He came out this week and said he would like to be have his voice be in an upcoming James Bond movie. He's still. <laughs> Very much alive and, and active. Um, and so it is also, you know, he wrote a, you know, a, like a blockbuster book um, that sort of changed the way we thought about time and space called The History of Time. Um, uh, and that's, you know, probably what he's best known for. But if you're looking for a big discussion of what his scientific theories are about, that that's not in this movie. This is her story. So, um it's you know really really well acted. It's beautiful. Um, it's enjoyable, but at the same time, it's really sad because they they met while they were both students at Cambridge, and you know they had a romance. And as his disease got worse, she took care of him. Mm-hmm. They had th- three children together, hmm. and, and, and which seems like it was physically impossible, but apparently not. So she had the three children. She was taking care of him. She didn't really have any help. And then sort of along the way, they, you know, he's, um, uh, Stephen Hawkins started liking some other woman that was providing like speech therapy to him. Really? So, so he, I have heard things about him. Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. So he's sort of, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's no, you know, I'm not giving away the plot. So, but, so it's one of these movies where you have to really think about it and think, well, oh, that wasn't very nice. So that wasn't really good or, you know. <laughs> But but yet it's if you consider that it's her story, um, I think you might like it very much. Uh, and it's just so well acted, and it's uh, and it's a you know a be- visually beautiful movie. But the physicality of the role as as Stephen is like degenerating physically uh, is just amazing to watch. So I thought it was well done. But it but it's unsettling because you know it's not like 
you feel that good at the end of it, you know? Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know now. Now yeah. you told me. <laughs> I know. Well, I have sort of, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's the, you know, it's out there, Leon. It's okay. not like it's going to be a surprise. Okay. <laughs> kind of a surprise to me. <laughs> Was? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't know. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I remember very vividly the day that was announced in the press that he was leaving his divorce. I, I, it would have all come back to me. It would have yeah, all come. I, divorcing his first wife and, and taking up with someone else. I was like, what, what, you know, why would he do that? Right. That wasn't very nice when she had been his like constant companion. Yeah. She was the only one taking care of him. So, and it, so anyway, so you can see why it took me a while to decide whether this was a pick or a pan. Okay. As I had such a strong reaction to it. But there you have it. That's what I have for you, Liam. All right. Well, I have another movie-related story, but it's not anything like your movie story. But I saw a piece in the New York Times, and I thought, well, this is not for us. And it really isn't. The movie theaters have seen a big drop in business from 18 to 25-year-olds who used to mindlessly just go to every action film, no matter what the reviews were. But apparently now they're not doing that. And they're trying to draw them back into the theater because their theory is, well, why would you come into a movie theater now when you can watch a movie on your phone or watch a movie on your couch or watch a movie on your big 70 in screen at home? Like they're trying to add a few bells and whistles. So there's a theater here in L.A. that it's actually experimenting, has actually put in a hundred seats that actually move around, Julie, with the action sequences. <laughs> no, like, okay. yeah, like you're in a, like you're in a, almost like a, a theme a park rock. ride. Yeah. Exactly like that. So they were testing it out with the Maze Runner, which was an action film that just opened. And so your seat is moving around and bucking and going back and forth. And then there's also, uh, there's actually like mist that can come at you and rain that can fall from the ceiling of the movie theater to enhance your experience. All of which... That actually sounds kind of fun, Liam. Oh, you know... It doesn't sound bad. It it sounds like though two hours of that may be a lot. Like, like you might get sick. Yeah, because rides are only you know five minutes long. Right. I, I don't know if I need two hours of moving around, and I don't want anything wet falling from a movie theater theater ceiling. Like what is that? That would gross me out. But you can turn the water off if you want to. So uh, create but, your own sort of cone or shield around you. I don't understand how that would work. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but that is that's very that's okay Leon. i i want you to go to one of, or send one of your sons i'm gonna to send my son that's yes. yeah that's that's yeah. the thing i think it's real it is for their age group and i just i enjoy going to a movie and having nothing you know i like i like just the big screen and the darkness i appreciate that and i like a comfortable chair i have to say yeah. that so that's what they said these old movie theaters that are kind of decrepit why would anyone sit in those old uncomfortable chairs no, and watch you gotta, it on a small you gotta have good chairs you gotta have good seats there you go all right jewel what are you doing this week just recovering from your allergies <laughs> from from my heavy rotation on the babysitting my oh daughter-in-law is going on a business trip uh so i am part of the uh the support team uh and this is a busy week as as any parent knows there's just like eight million oh, yeah holiday parties holiday yeah. concerts uh piano recitals so I, I'm pretty busy Liam this week uh so I'll be I'll be um 
working it. Okay. How about you? <laughs> well, well, Barrick's out of town, so I'm holding down the fort. Uh, we get yeah, a lot of school projects at this point. You know, we've got yes. the high school junior trying to instill in him. You know, I, I, of course, I want to scream, are you kidding me? These are the most important two weeks of your life. But I'm trying not to do that. Don't say that. I'm trying, That's good. trying That's so good. hard not to say that. Uh, but we got that going on. I am throwing a 50th birthday party for a friend of mine on Thursday night uh, with another friend of mine. So we're just firming up the details of that. And uh, it's a, just a, a we're having a reunion of our book club. That's sort of our book club that fell by the wayside as people got busier and, and lives got busier. Um, that's what she wanted for her 50th birthday to get the book club back together. We didn't even bother to read a book. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't make that pretense. No. That's, that's good. Liam. Yeah. I like that. that we, we got all caught up in that, like what would be the perfect book? And then I said, you know what? Let's just not do that. Let's just have the book club. People can do a book exchange if they want, like bring the books you've read. Let's exchange books. And then that, so we're doing that. And then, uh, and then Colin has a big robotics match this weekend. So, um, okay. getting okay. back into the robotics field. So doing that, but that's it. So okay. well, sounds like out. a full week, Liam, not too busy. Full. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Julie. That's exactly. Exactly. Live in the moment, Liam. That's gonna... what I want you to do this week. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try. <gasps> and don't forget, call your satellite sister. 